0: According to the most recent credit trends report on the growth in long-term auto loans from the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau There has been an increase in the use of longer-term financing Loan originations for six-year term loans has become the most common for auto loan financing In addition loan originations with seven-year terms are also increasing in the US This is evidence Americans are still focused on managing payments And not the total cost of financing today's show we're going to discuss auto loan debt and whether it's better to buy or lease welcome to the good samaritan podcast i'm your host jason jackson let's get into it welcome to episode 11 i hope you all enjoyed your fourth of july holiday i definitely did my wife bought me a a new grill uh, so i put it to work this weekend we had some some steak ribs and uh, some chicken, so it was uh, plenty of leftovers left over after the holiday. Uh, but back to the grind, it's already uh, halfway through 2020. I'm excited to bring episode 11 to you all. Uh, we're going to talk about buying versus leasing when it comes to, to auto loans and cars. At the beginning of the episode, I noticed some some data from the CFPB, or the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, definitely take your time to go to their website, it's a bunch of free data about all kinds of things, uh, whether it be auto loans, mortgages, uh, different data points you can find, so definitely uh, shout out to that, that the, to the administra- administration that created the CFPB, because there's a lot of good nuggets in there for you to keep an eye on the economy. Uh, in American consumers and their trends and their habits. Uh, but back to auto loans, uh, particularly around the, the data from the, from the CFPB uh, Credit Trends Report, six-year and seven-year term uh, loans are increasing um, in, in their use and financing uh, by Americans. Uh, as I mentioned, it lends a lot to Americans still being focused on how they manage payments how they can reduce payments opposed to focusing on the total cost of purchasing a car, um, opposed to you know just focus on the payments themselves. And so we've seen an increase in longer term loan financing uh, to purchase cars. Uh, over the last over the past decade, we had an increase from 26% to 42 percent of all loan originations uh, being a six year term. Um, with also seven-year terms increasing as well. Uh, five-year terms have pretty much remained constant in regards to share of loan originations over the past year. But overall, uh, we, as a country, we've just taken on more debt uh, when it comes to vehicles, which, as you know, is a depreciating asset, uh, which we'll discuss a little bit later about uh, as well. Uh, the average five-year loan is about $20,000 people are financing uh, for a six-year loan, they're financing about twenty-five thousand um, dollars. And any any a loan seven years or more, uh, they're financing about thirty-two thousand uh, dollars. So, as you all know, uh, one of the the big parts of this podcast is, podcast is recognizing that there needs to be a mind shift in how you think about your finances or how we think about our finances. Uh, particularly particularly looking at the total cost of things uh, how it relates to your net worth uh, as well as making a mind shift from being solely focused on payments uh, because lenders uh, and bankers are very good at originating loans and they can um, they can adjust your payments based on you know what fits you and it's a it's a easy way for them to entice you to take out a loan uh, by showing you what you want to see, which is a a lower payment. Uh, They do this with leasing as well, as we'll talk about more when we compare the two. Um, Lenders manipulate the payment or try to hit the target payment you're looking for uh, by pulling the other two levers, which is the length of your term and your interest rate. So exactly the same as with mortgages, Auto loans are just typically much lower uh, amounts that you're dealing with. It's why your salesperson at your dealership is, uh, first question is, you know, what, you know, what payment are you looking to hit? Um, because he's going to be able to determine how much car he can sell you uh, based on what lender is willing to finance that vehicle, obviously based on your credit report or your credit score as well. So just like with mortgages, the longer the term, the more interest you're going to pay in total or the more cost um, to finance the vehicle when it comes to the interest rate, uh, you typically get a worse interest rate the longer the term as well. Um, But the longer the term also reduces your payment, uh, just as we talked before with with mortgages. And typically shorter terms uh, get better interest rates because you're promising the bank you're going to pay it back sooner. So they typically give you a, a better interest rate on the shorter on the shorter the term. So the same rule applies here as we've talked about dead on this podcast. You know, when you sign your name on the dotted line, you're promising a portion of your future earnings for years at a time. So this is. You know, you're promising money that you have not earned yet, um, though you might be confident in your job or um, whether it's going to be there today or you know, tomorrow, you're pre- probably fairly confident that you will be employed. Uh, but things can happen. I think COVID is a great example of that. You had a bunch of people uh, who started this year in January who were and anticipating to be working um, through this whole year. They were employed. They had a steady job. and economy takes a shift because of the pandemic virus, and now all of that has changed. Uh, so you're all, whenever you're signing up for debt or whenever you're signing up for a loan, you're promising to pay money that you have not earned yet. So you first and foremost know my feelings about debt in general, but auto loan debt is probably one of the closest uh, or vehicles are probably one of the closest things you can buy in cash. Uh, obviously, if you're just willing to make a plan and save the money for them, um, that they can they can be achieved. And you know, you might say, "Well, Jason, you know, I got a two and a half percent interest rate, so I don't, you know, I don't really lose that much money, you know, by financing the car." And you know, even with the low interest rate, you know, as I just mentioned, first of all, you're you're promising money you have not earned yet. So that's the, that's the first thing, so the, the transaction is not settled. Uh, you're going to pay fees for getting the financing, uh, and you're going to pay a little bit of interest. And say you have a great credit score, you're paying you know, 2.5% uh, APY for, for the loan of that vehicle. It's also a depreciating asset. So the other big tenet of this, this podcast is us focusing on building net worth and building our net worth and focusing on our net worth, where you're also, you know, secondly, you're buying a depreciating asset. Uh, so, the, as you all know, this was famous about cars, as soon as you buy that vehicle, as soon as you drive it off the lot, it is now worth less. Even though you bought it the day before, it is now worth less than what you just paid for it. So now you have that amount of money, let's say, I think the average for a five-year loan is $20,000. You've promised the lender to pay them back $20,000 plus interest for this vehicle to, to finance this vehicle. When you drive the vehicle off the lot, it's now worth $18,000 after the first, you know, two months, let's say. Um, but you're still responsible for paying interest on the original value of the car that was sold to you. So even with, you know, low interest rates, there's still other, you know, issues with, with financing cars. Uh, my first and foremost opinion is buy your cars in cash and the usually the <laughs> the next thing I get from you know my listeners and people I talk to in in my circles is like well you know that means i can't i can't afford you know i can't afford the car i can't i can't buy the car in cash I have to finance it well that means you can't afford the car um that that's that's ex- that's the biggest part of what's screaming, you know, at you in red lights is like, hey, that means you cannot afford the car. That means we need to readjust what kind of vehicle that we're purchasing um, if we have to finance it in the first place. The next question is, well, Jason, I don't have any cash. Like, I need a car to get around. You're, you're absolutely right. That's just kind of where our society is, you know, even, even if that's the case, don't have to go for a five-year loan. It can be a three-year loan. We're behind, Say we're behind the eight ball. We, have, you know, we just started our journey, and we have to finance the car. That is OK. But let's not go buy a you know, $20,000, $25,000, 30000 car, because that's what everyone else around us is doing, and financing it, and knowing it's going to take us five years at minimum to pay it off. It looks like more people six years. It looks like even, you know, even more people are taking on seven-year loans. Let's buy what we can afford. Let's reduce our our standard of what you know we think a car should be because of our, the the peer pressure of our peers around us, uh, and just drive what we can afford, and that's you know that's per, that's perfectly okay. If right now you can only afford a ten thousand dollar car, the car gets you from A to B. If it can get you to work and get you to everywhere you need to go, you don't have to. Again, we don't always have to worry about keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, Because it seems that's all too much like the American way. If you can break through your own mental uh, blocks that you set up and standards that you set up, you can really start to build your net worth in a really meaningful way. If you can get on the other side of it, and I will tell you a lot of people um, do struggle with getting on the other side of it. And I hope this podcast in general and this episode Doesn't matter what kind of car you drive, it doesn't say anything about who you are um, as a person, though we might think it does. Um, Most millionaires probably live in your neighborhood um, and drive cars that you don't think that they drive, but they do. Uh, But it's also the reason why uh, they're millionaires. So to be direct about buying versus leasing, first opinion, direct opinion is buy and pay in cash. So for you poor souls out there who are adamant about financing your vehicle because you want what you want right now. There are a number of things you need to consider when it comes to buying versus leasing. So which one is better? Well, it depends on what your metric that you're looking at is. But overall, in my opinion, it's still better to buy even if you're financing uh, versus leasing pretty much every time that you consider a scenario. So first. If you're going to finance a vehicle, keep it to at least 3 years or less on the term. And well, Jason, you know, some of you might say if if I do that, I can't afford the payment. Say if you wanted to refinance the car that you have right now to a 3-year term or the car that you're looking at right now on AutoTrader or Carvana or cars.com or wherever, you're like, "Well, Jason, I can't I can't afford the payment." Well, that means you can't afford that car. <laughs> that doesn't mean extend the term of the loan so you can't afford it. Set, make your standard three years. And if you can't comfortably afford that payment, you know, this means that you can't afford the vehicle. And it means you need to buy a less costly vehicle or you need to put more cash down. Either way, either either it's going to cost you more money to afford the vehicle Uh, that you want so you might say Jason well why why three years Uh, one of the big differences between buying and leasing typically your lease is a three-year lease up until about six years so two back-to-back three-year leases buying is better every time you just look at the cost and the money once you get to about six years, buying and leasing uh, almost become equivalent in their overall cost in, in regards to what you've paid. And so a minimum, if you keep it under you know, six years or a back-to-back three-year lease, buying is still, is still better. And even with that said, so and that's just the payments you've made are starting to equal once you get to about six years. Even with that said, it's still better to buy because after your term is over, you don't leave with anything. Like you just turn the car back in. Now you don't have a vehicle. And then you're either back in the position where you need to buy or lease again. As horrible as a six-year term is, I still think it's better than a six, you know, six-year lease or you know, back-to-back three-year lease. And because you still have equity in that vehicle, you still have an asset. Though it was a depreciating asset, you still have an asset, so that vehicle still has worth. You can still uh, trade it in if you want to, quote-unquote, upgrade. If you're going to upgrade, that means you need to have the cash to buy the car you want, plus the trade-in value. Um, or you walk away from the payment. Once you end the term, you walk away from the payment. You don't have a car payment anymore, but you still have a car. You still have a way to get around not addressing maintenance during this uh this conversation but yes you you know the nodal car is going to have more maintenance you have to include that into your into your calculations but at the end of the day you know buying just trumps trumps leasing in so many ways and there's only really one big benefit of leasing uh, and the big benefit of leasing is i kind of you know was hinting before with the terms and financing and it kind of lends back to what I think lenders are maybe not praying, but they're, they're, uh, they're figuring out the American psyche. And the American psyche is, is I'm focused on payments. And if I'm focused on payments and I can afford the payment, then I'm good. Well, the whole uh, configuration of leases is to prove to you exactly that. Leasing gives you a lower payment than financing to buy a vehicle does, and that's where they get everyone. Is because the payment is lower than buying, and they're like, and then people stop there. They just completely stop there, and the and the uh, the leasers just reel you on in. They got guys, we got another one. Oh, you got that payment look good too. You see, it's cheaper than it's cheaper than buying or financing a car. Um, it's cheaper in the way that the payment is cheaper but it does not mean your total cost which is ultimately what matters is cheaper buying a car is still cheaper than than leasing it when it comes to looking at the total cost uh, of that vehicle and that's pretty much the one benefit that leasing offers and it's almost in my view a bait and switch so they bait you with the lower payment and then they switch you with uh, all these other these other uh, downsides to leasing, uh, which include things like mileage limits. Uh, typically, you're given about 10 to 15,000 miles a year uh, that you have a limit that you can use the car on. You know, up to the amount of miles you can put on the car uh, in the lease agreement. Anything you go over that, uh, you have to pay a penalty, uh, which can be between 20 and 30 cents. Uh, per mile. So if you go over you know 5,000 miles at the end of your lease, um, you're pretty much paying another thousand dollars on top of the, the cost of the vehicle. So always remember, you know, leasing there they're in the game to be profitable uh, and it's important for them to maintain their profit. So that's why they have some negative things like mileage limits uh, to prevent you know to maintain a certain value of the car. Uh, by the time you bring it back to them um, so that they can either resell it or, or release it or whatever may be their goals from there. Uh, another a negative with leases is there's lingo in the contract where uh, you can be charged fees or penalties uh, as well for any damage to the vehicle above the normal wear and tear uh, on the vehicle. Uh, this it's actually pretty specifically stated in the lease agreement. Uh, so if you ever go down the road of doing a lease, make sure you to read. <laughs> make sure you read the uh, detailed mentioning of what it means to have above normal wear and tear, because uh, you'll be on the hook for any uh, costs or uh, penalties related uh, to any damage to the vehicle above the normal wear and tear of the vehicle. Uh, The other the other there are some other uh, negatives as well associated with leasing Uh, one at the end of the lease uh, you basically return the car back Uh, when you buy a car you have equity in the vehicle Uh, so it actually has value it is an asset once it's paid off uh, because it will have some value Uh, you don't there is no equity uh, for you to build uh, in a lease you don't own the vehicle so at the end of the term uh, you either are offered to finance the vehicle, which you could have done in the first place, um, or you're, you know, you, you have to move on to another lease. Uh, but ultimately, you will continue in a, you know, a perpetual a monthly payment uh, at the end of the lease, um, whether that be three or six years. In addition, there is not as much flexibility with the lease either. Um, if you need to end the lease early, so you can't afford the monthly payment anymore because you had to you know, your job situation uh, at the end of, you know, in the middle of year two of your lease, uh, charges can be significantly higher um, for you to, you know, for you to break a lease. Uh, so pretty much you're incentivized to continue, you know, making the payments on the lease uh, as best you can. Uh, because it's it's pretty uh, tough to, to break a lease or get out of a lease early once you sign that contract. Uh, on occasion, a dealer you know can offer to buy the car from you. I think there may actually be some online um, options where you can offer to sell your lease or transfer your lease, um, but these aren't always reliable uh, modes of, of ending uh, your lease early. Whereas when you buy a vehicle, even if you finance a vehicle, Uh, you can still trade it in because that vehicle still has value. You have a little more flexibility in case you do get in some trouble. Uh, You can't afford the vehicle or the monthly payments anymore. This is a great point to bring up when you're financing as well uh, because when you're in a longer term uh, or when you're in a longer term finance situation, five and six years, it takes you a really long time to build up equity because those first Couple years or first few years, you're paying the majority of your payment is interest, so it takes you a really long time to build up any equity, uh, which is why I recommend you know three years or less um, when you're financing, uh, because a, a lot of times you hear people discuss about being upside down, so they they want to go trade their car in, but then they're upside down on the loan, which means they Oh, which ultimately means that they uh, owe more than the car is worth. Uh, and then, you know, potentially that, that debt gets rolled into another another lease term, which leads to a long term being signed because you're rolling over some bad debt from a vehicle to another vehicle. And then that's how you get caught in that kind of debt cycle as well. So either way, you know, you... you the. Either way, you can find yourself in a tough situation uh, if, whether you're financing and you're choosing these long terms, you can get stuck with the vehicle, or when you lease a vehicle, uh, you can get stuck with the vehicle as well because you can't afford to break the lease, for example, or find anyone who will buy the lease uh, from you. So let's go ahead and look at an example. I'm going to, um, I'm going to find. Just actually found this. This car on cars.com, there is a GMC Acadia 2017 listed for $29,000. We'll say $30,000 to make the math easier. Uh, and kind of compare a six-year loan, a six-year loan because that's the most common loan that, that Americans are getting right now, um, versus a... You can't versus a quote-unquote six-year lease, but back-to-back three-year lease. Uh, we'll just compare the uh, we'll we'll compare the details on the loan and why ultimately I think you know buying is always going to be the better uh, situation. Uh, so as I mentioned before, you know twenty-nine thousand dollars GMC Acadia from twenty seventeen. Um, if you were to buy it. Your, your payment at a 2.9% interest rate uh, with the down payment of $2,000, uh, your monthly payment is going to come in around $416 a month, okay? Uh, on a three-year lease, remember, it's going to be back-to-back three-year lease, so a six-year lease to compare them. You're going to put cash due at signing is $2,000, so just as, as if you were financing it. There is another um, piece with leases. They actually call it the money factor. Uh, it pretty much operates like the interest rate when you go finance a loan. Uh, your money factor is similar to interest rate. It's determined by your credit score. Uh, so the money factor uh, for a lease would, in this case, be around you 0.024%. Know, so after that, you know, after the first three years um, on that loan or lease, uh, once you do the math, I didn't tell you the monthly payment. The monthly payment on that three-year lease will come out to about $287. So if you have some paper with you or, or take some time to follow along with me later if you're, you're not able to write this down. Um, as you can see, the difference between The monthly payments, as I mentioned before, is how they they pull you in with the leases. So your monthly payment is going to be higher at $416, uh, where the lease will give you $287 a month. So a difference of $129 a month, right? So on the six-year loan... And because the leases are broken up, we'll do. I'll tell you what it is for for three years. So after three years on a six-year loan, when you finance this GMC Acadia at twenty-nine thousand dollars uh, at two point nine percent interest, you're going to pay about sixteen thousand nine hundred and seventy-six dollars on the lease, which you have a lower monthly payment after three years. Uh, you're going to pay about $12,332. So a pretty big difference, at least it appears. Uh, As we go out to the six years or the full term of the financing for the Acadia that you financed and you bought, you're looking at about $31,952. When you do two leases back-to-back, and include the $2,000 signing again, because you have to put another cash amount down when you do a new lease after three years, uh, you're looking at about $24,664. So initially, when you look at that, you go, Jason, what do you mean? Like, this obviously, (laughs) obviously it cost me less to lease on a back-to-back three-year lease Opposed to financing for six years, because you just said I paid thirty-one thousand nine hundred and fifty-two dollars if I buy the car and finance it, versus the twenty-four thousand six hundred sixty-four dollars if I lease the vehicle, which includes both your both your two signing uh, bonus, you know, signing bonuses that you put down for each lease. So you put two thousand down for the first three-year lease, two thousand dollars down again, when you sign the the second three-year lease. Whereas when you finance the car, you only put $2,000 down in that first year of the six-year term. So the difference you look at, you go, well, Jason, it's $7,288 difference. Well, here's the part you can't forget with leasing versus buying, is like I said before, with buying, you still have an asset. You own it, the title comes your way, If at the end of six years, um, this is the if, is if you want to resell that car or trade it in, that car lost a significant enough amount of its value. Mind you, you paid almost $32,000 for the car. But the resale value after six years, say you go look at Kelly Blue Book, is around $9,600, which actually is around $9,600, right? when you include that into your calculation because you still have this value that's cash you have sitting in the car because it's an asset when you include that in your value you actually come out ahead of the lease if that makes sense so that seven thousand dollar difference actually uh, no longer stands because you have this value in the car and it helps you go buy your other car if you want to sell the car to get cash value you actually come out ahead by financing the car two thousand three hundred plus dollars that's the things you have to remember and that's the mind shift that we'll always talk about on this podcast is not being so focused on payments uh, but delve deeper into the math of the deal uh, that you're considering financing because of this because the car does have value it is a depreciating asset but it does have value Uh, that you can leverage in the market, whether that's a trade in or selling for cash, puts you in the green versus leasing. Whereas with leasing, at the end of those two, three year lease terms that you had, you don't have a car to sell or trade in. Literally, you just take the car back, uh, you're able to walk away, but now you need a vehicle again. And if you decide to lease, you start over another lease, you put some more money down, You have that car for three years and you're just in a perpetual pay the monthly payment, pay the monthly payment to have a vehicle. Where the financing, you own the vehicle after six years, there are no more payments. Uh, You don't pay $416 anymore after the car is paid off. And most car owners would tell you, and the ones who make it to the end, whether it's, as I I don't recommend a six year, Uh, A six-year term as I said before buy your car in cash you don't have payments to begin with Um, but say you need to do a three-year term you know you need to finance the car do a three-year term Um, that way your per usage so say if you were to look at this from a per use uh, perspective the longer you drive the car that's paid off the less it's gonna cost you you know per use or per year now these calculations do not include maintenance. I can hear a bunch of people saying, "Oh, Jason, what about maintenance? What about maintenance?" Yes, you you are going to incur some uh, higher maintenance charges uh, over the term um, of your, you know, the longer you have the vehicle. But when it's paid off, you know, you you have more cash available to to handle the maintenance, uh, and you can save up for those things. And those are going to be less than you know, the, the monthly payments that you're paying. On a longer term, the where it bites you is on a longer term, you have an older car already if you're holding the car for, you know, your, your, your finances six and seven years, you know, you have a six or seven year old car with however many miles on it, uh, now you're getting hit from both sides. You're getting hit from maintenance and from the payment, which is why you also wanna have a shorter term so you can free up uh, money to pay for, pay for maintenance as well. Uh, But back to the per-use piece of it all is the longer you drive the car, um, technically over time, the cheaper per-use it is, if that makes sense. Uh, So companies use this idea uh, all the time. I'm, I'm sure there are a bunch of you out there who work at different jobs and you're wondering why your company has this old copy machine from 15 years ago that they just, you know, they they working it till it's on its last legs. It's barely spitting paper out or it's always breaking down or you work at a, a, I used to work at a Frito-Lay when I first got out of college and I couldn't believe that the trucks there were from 1980 and they were just getting fixed up, these little box trucks that we had uh, that are probably still there to this day. Um, I'm sure all the parts have been replaced at one point or another, Um, but companies, It's I want you to look at your financial situation um, when it comes to things that you own, like cars, um, like equipment for for companies. They know that the more use they get out of the equipment over time, it reduces, say, the per use cost of that equipment. You can do the same. You know, you can. Put that same concept into your life and particularly around cars the longer you drive that car that's paid off uh the less you know the the more the more profitable it becomes for you uh per use over time because the cost goes down per use because the more uses you get out of it you know across the cost of the vehicle reduces your per use cost if that makes sense Um, But companies use the same concept, it's why you might ask yourself, like, man, this is a billion-dollar company or, you know, I I work for a very profitable company. It's how they stay profitable um, because they don't want to incur that upfront cost by buying a new piece of equipment. Whereas for you in your own personal life, your, your, your upfront cost to buy another car is substantial. Uh, So you try to get the most use out of your vehicles or equipment that you can uh, in this case. Um, But that's why, you know, that's why I suggest and why my opinion will always be that buying versus leasing is going to always be buying. Uh, First, you should always buy in cash. Walk away with the title. If that means you have to consider buying a more affordable car or a cheaper car, Uh, Put the Joneses out of your mind and do what you got to do and buy what you can afford. Uh, And that gets you from point A to point B comfortably. Uh, Secondly, buying versus financing versus leasing. Finance the car is still way better than leasing the car because the car does hold some value. And when you look at the math and you compare the two almost every time buying comes out ahead of leasing, Uh, Obviously, the the value of the car is able to be held some into it, so you can use it as leverage for for cash or for, for trading value as well. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Check us out on Instagram at the Good Samaritan podcast. And no matter where you are in your financial journey, always take the time to be a good Samaritan. Peace.